Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, we're back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. It's good to be back. As always, Presley Meyer joining you. Jacob Lane from the back porch. It's a wonderful night outside. It is a wonderful night, but listen, my house, we're under attack. It's the attack of the mosquitoes out here on these streets. Dude, the mosquitoes are bad this year. They're so bad, man. I am dying. All right, so I have this this theory, not to take up all of our time, but I have this theory. Last year was the cicada year, if you remember and I think the cicadas come out and they feast on all the bugs. And so you just get used to it for a full year of no bugs. You know, I mean, besides cicadas, which is terrible. Big uh, bugs. You, you you get to it to that, used to that one year. And then when they come back, they come back in full force. Hella bugs you know out saying? here in, in the like, Oldham County it's like streets. The, it's like when the bars reopened after COVID. <laughs> that's, the, that's the mosquitoes right now. It's a perfect segue into who our guest is tonight. Speaking of bars reopening. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Ethan Sproles in the building. Ethan Sproles. Is this always, I I will mess this up. He's known you for seven years and he's still Alex Stingle. Ethan like, (laughs) Ethan worked for me for like a year. I will never get his last name right ever. Uh, It's okay. It it, it is Sproles, right? Yep. That's it. It is Sproles. Because Thanks I for that. Yeah, we've established that intro about the yeah. Ethan Sprouse. Um, that's all we'll say about him. You guys will figure out who he is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you if you don't listen to the show, if you're not familiar with the website, if you haven't followed us for a little while, Ethan is the guy that's tall with blonde hair in the front of the student section. That's like in every little video that's ever been ever, made. ever. And Damn. always looks so cool, dude. Like when they show me in videos, I like oh, I'm, I'm gawking or like I'm making a weird sneeze face but ethan is always i have like four pictures of ethan on my phone yeah when, when uh, me because when of me how glorious jacob, it was on tv but like i know him yeah when when jacob and i have been on tv together we're like old man fist pumping with like a beer in hand or something ethan's like jacking like, up the crowd getting jordan war hyped he's like flipping his hair back like he knows he's on camera he's ready to go uh but no ethan the, the interesting thing about ethan is that he's been kind of in brand management mode for for a while and so he's been kind of, you know, falling back behind the scenes during his time in college. But now he has reemerged from his cocoon. He is a be- big, beautiful butterfly. And he's, <laughs> he's, here to give us, he's here to give us all of the, the strong Louisville basketball opinions. Ethan, how are you? How, how is life? I'm good, man. Yeah, it's thank you for that. 
uh, disconnecting <laughs> you to the bar. You're just a bar hopper uh, straight uh, off. The yeah, top. I guess so. Uh, tell that's us about what the I've been doing, actually. By the way, what's your uh, last name again? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. What bar are you so, going to tonight? What's the? Is it Granville? What? What is it? What is it? Is it Wednesday tonight? I don't yeah, even know. Look at it. Is it Wednesday? What bar is it? I'm just I kidding. I Ethan think... is not a drinker. He's not. No, apple juice and chocolate milk only. Sure. Yep. If that's yeah. Four roses. They make great uh, chocolate milk. Huh. Yeah, it's been good, man. I'm thankful for the time at the Villains and for for my time at U of L and. Yeah, it's going to be weird not being down there anymore and doing stuff with them and working with athletics. So I I know that you've expressed confidence in the people that are taking over for the villains and you feel like you guys have a good thing going and that they're going to continue that. What is your game plan this year? Like, you're going to have to be taking in games for the first time in your adult life. No more free tickets for you not unless from, you get a in, friend pass yeah, or something. You were not only in the front and, row, you were in front of the front row. Have you been saving? Tickets are expensive if you didn't know. Yeah, I know. It, it's <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's going to be – I don't know. I, I haven't thought a lot about just, like, sitting in the stands again. And it's going to be weird. But – Really, it, it truly it was truly a, a dream come true though. Just growing up as a kid, I always wanted to do something like that, and it was really sweet to be able to do that. And yeah, I think it'll be fine. It's it's weird that like Vince and um, some people are gone now, and I'm sad that Mac didn't work out. But here we are. So, so every year that you were there, you you started as a freshman with Chris Mack's first season, right? Am I correct in saying that? Or was it, was uh, it David Padgett? Yeah, actually. So that was my first year. I, I got to campus ready for Rick Pitino to bring me a Final Four while I was a college student. Oh, my gosh. And, um, oh, that's a oh, – I, I you, remember buddy. staying up all night for college game day. I got all my friends and our and friends around the dorm to, like, stay up with us and make signs for college game day. Rick Pitino was the guest. I, like – and just I was we were on top of the sports world, man, and we were ready to go. And Lamar was gonna win the Heisman. And actually, did he already win at that point? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he already won, won at yeah, that point. By the time Patino yes. put the the skin tight jersey on, it yeah. Was too late. And then we got nuked. And yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so I have this theory. Louisville was never more on top of the sports world than when Rick Patino was sitting at, on that stage with Lee Corso and Herbie and the gang. On that stage, you know, Louisville mm. basketball was Gray Meyer Hall in the back, in the back with the yeah. thinker. Yeah, it was beautiful. Day so outside. Awesome. I, like, you know, excellent college game day setting. Uh, you know, Louisville's ready for another top 25 matchup against Clemson. Clemson's coming off a national championship season. Uh, the basketball team is supposed to be amazing. If you remember at the time, they're bringing in Bettino's best recruiting class ever. Yeah, like, yep. like rub salt in the wind or anything. Don't say the name. Don't don't speak his name. Yeah, we we won't speak any of the names. But there were many names outside of that guy who were also going to be very very good that were going to be coming in and kind of assimilating with a group of already really good players. I mean, hell, David Padgett ah. was was ten seconds, no less than that, four seconds, yeah, point four from, seconds away from, from taking tournament. from taking yeah. that team uh, back to a comfortable NCAA tournament appearance. Like, you know, I believe was Virginia number one at that time. Yeah, I think or like number yeah. three or four or something like that. But he, here's what I'll say though: so you obviously things didn't go like the college experience from a basketball standpoint. You got you had a lot of highs, but obviously you had a lot of lows with the COVID year. You had 
some of the upsets, the Duke loss, uh, obviously is probably one that sticks out to you. Um, yep. but here's where you and I and Presley, Presley and I are in the same grave, but we're graduating classes a couple of years apart. But what we all have in common is that we all at least got to see a number one team in Louisville play in the KFC M Center. That's where That's we can right. at least have our handshake emoji common ground is that we at least all had a number one team, number one ranked team in the country. I'm, if Maybe Louisville wasn't number one, but they were at least like number two. At, uh, I don't know. They were really good during the. They obviously won the championship. So that counts as number one. But point being, we at least got that, Ethan. The rest of it. We did. We they 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 ran so that they would uh, fall during your era. I wouldn't even say that. You know what I'm saying? It's normally you, they crawled so someone could run. In this scenario, right. we were super speed so that you would be non move non moving in your age. Right. So I apologize for that on, on behalf of our class. I was about to say if it, makes okay. you, if it makes you feel any better, Ethan. So my trajectory was I went to a small D3 school on a, a half ride golf scholarship. And the time during the time that I was there is when Louisville basketball was the best that they've been in my life. So I did not have an opportunity to go to any of those games because I was always on the road. Like Kevin Ware game, I was in a golf tournament. Like so, in some random stuff. ass mountain town of Tennessee, probably. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> right. I was I was watching. I was like, it kind of looks like his leg broke there, but I think it's just the feet. It's fine. You know, like you know. So as soon as I got my chance, like I took a couple victory laps. As soon as I got to U of L. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of Louisville, a great season with the Lee and Lewis season. Uh, you know, I was in the first row for, for multiple great games that season. Uh, they beat a top five North Carolina team. And then all of a sudden everything just snaps. And then the rest of my time in college was just, uh, just riddled with scandal and it's still going on. And the crazy part about all this stuff too, I was listening uh, tonight to, to Spencer, our, our guy Spencer and uh, Ethan Moore on, on 93.9. And Spencer was saying that he was a senior in high school when the scandal stuff broke. I mean, and he graduated in college. Ethan, when was the last time? What, how old were you? Not to age you here, but how old were you when Louisville last won a tournament game? So 2017 against Jacksonville State. How old were you? So I was uh, – yeah, I was about to graduate high school. So I was – um what? I 17. guess 18. And and what are you now? 23, 24? 23, yeah. That hurts. That hurts. God, that, that hurts, hurts me. Dude, my daughter was my I... daughter is gonna be five years old this year. And the last time Louisville won a tournament game, she was not born. It's just uh it's it's terrible. I yeah. I mean we need it so it, bad, which is what it's this is a great this is gonna be a great segue into talking about what we're gonna talk about tonight. But we need a tournament appearance so bad. And what is so frustrating to me is that so many people are not looking at how long we've gone without a tournament run. And this this season is already this kind of, well, it, you know, they may not be that good, but at least they're going to have fun. And I'm oh. so tired of not playing in the NCAA tournament that I don't know how much longer of this I can handle. Uh, but anyways, Presley, sir. No, I mean, that's, that's a great point. I think that what I want to get into tonight, uh, first of all, I want to talk about this, this new roster. Uh, and the reason being because Louisville was the last team in the ACC and only I would know this kind of stuff because I'm like the Keith Wynn. I will equate myself to the, as the Keith Wynn of, of Louisville basketball. You know, Keith is just obsessed with the roster 
and he's just talking about the little tiny yeah, tidbits that yeah. nobody nobody Keith will and I, ever notice. Keith and I met at the mailbox tonight and talked about the Louisville basketball roster. I just want that to be known that we were both <laughs> leaving and saw each other and conversated yes. for about 15 I, I minutes would like at to the know, mailbox. Were you wearing slides and was Keith wearing slippers? Because that's what I'm imagining. No, Keith was headed out to a fancy dinner, so he had on a collared shirt. Of course he was. Uh, yeah. And I was wearing what you see currently, just a T-shirt, a hat action, repping the brand, you know, just the little outfit. hat action. Yeah, uh, but, but re- regardless, though, I've been wanting a Louisville basketball roster for three months because the fact that Roosevelt Wheeler weighs 240 pounds, I need to know that. I need to know that yesterday. <laughs> and so I, I I was getting so frustrated with it. Like, I, I understand Louisville just lost an SID that they've had for 40 years, but they've always been notoriously bad about this through every sport. They are bad about keeping you up to date on what's happening with the team. They've always been like that. And Listen, I understand everything that goes wrong around the program. I understand that Kenny Payne is a very private person. But, you know, I mean, I'm looking at Virginia and Boston College and Florida State. Like, I literally, on my phone right now, I have 16 tabs pulled up to every single roster in the ACC because I was so frustrated that Louisville was the last team to update their roster. It it should not. It should not shock you, okay? This team, literally, Kenny's thing right now is just secrecy, privacy, waiting until it has – Everything is going to be on a deadline basis. Right that was, now, okay? that was we're going to get the point. schedule on a deadline. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. no, no, I yeah, stopped no, all you, over. I'm sorry. You're totally fine. You didn't jump on it. You just, you just massaged it. <laughs> and, and my exact point in, in in all of this is that that Louisville just, it's just going to be. It might be third game of the season, and two guys have have twisted ankles, and we're holding them out, and you won't know until after the game. Like you'll know like, next year what, where, what their injury was. Yeah. You'd be like, where was Fabio tonight? Like what happened? Like, and it's just like, you know, after the game, he's like, a well, lower body injury is what they'll know, call he's, it. He's keys. You know, it just, you know, oh, that that's exactly what, exactly what he's going to go into. He's going to go into that whole, just, you know, deflecting thing. Yeah. And I can tell it, it's going to like, I'm a very patient person, but it's going to start boiling over because of all the stuff we talked about. Because little baby Ethan wasn't old enough, old enough to buy a pack of cigs <laughs> the last, last time, time tournament game. The last yeah. time that Louisville won a tournament game. And because there's not a sense of urgency from the fan base, which is fine. I think that this is kind of a bridge season. And, and you know, we've talked about reasons why it might not be and why it probably will be. Um, but that's frustrating because Louisville is a premier brand in college basketball. And it's about damn time we started acting like it. Uh, you know, from from a from a fin- financial perspective, uh, from a historical perspective, it's time that we put some respect on this name. And I'm not ready to sit here through another season of hoping that we make the NIT or the CBI or or the LMNOP. Like I'm ready, I'm ready for Louisville basketball to be back in the NCAA tournament and win a game. Uh, Ethan, mm-hmm. I guess my my question for you first first thing is: Have you gotten a chance to look at the roster? And secondly, does does anything stand out to you about Louisville's quote unquote officially posted roster? Yeah, I have uh, had a chance, and similar to you, Presley, I'm I'm a sucker for him. So I, I was quick to hop on it when I saw. Was it last night? 
Yeah, I think it was last night. Yeah, it was, um, it was yesterday morning, and somebody beat me to it. Like, you- I was ready. I'd been checking three times a day for months. I will say, hold on real quick, Ethan. I will say, press. I don't know if you've noticed this, but they have updated the class of both L. Ellis and Sidney Curry. They are no longer oh. listed as juniors on the roster. So that has been corrected. They are both wonder, now seniors. Somebody, somebody they saw your article. What was J.J. Yeah. Trainer's weight? I was curious because I saw in the article you said that he was down 10 pounds, which we all know is yeah. not true. He was – he was listed. So actually, they might have moved it. I think last year he was listed as 190, and they had him down to 180. Yeah, now he's so back me, to 190. Let's reference real fast. A couple clicks, we'll get there. Uh, Ethan, Brandon, continue, continue, Ethan. I want you. I want he's you to be able to sure. Yeah. Last year. Go ahead, Ethan. Yeah, and he's 190 on this year's roster. Yes. Uh, I noticed. Well, first things first. Kamari Lands is not listed as a guard. So no, but he is listed at 220 pounds. He came in at, I mean, his his two four seven profile. I'm pretty sure has him at 190 or 195. That'd be a hell of a couple of months if that's the case. Yeah, that's yeah. And then we have my James is listed as a guard slash forward. So I mean, I I the first thing I did was all right. Who are they saying are guards? And I mean, it looks like it's Fabio, Percy Miller, L. Ellis, and kind of my James. And I guess if you count Zan Payne, but I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed. Uh, you and didn't even, even say Aiden McCool. I mean, come on. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and yeah, number 33, it, there's, we'll talk about Aiden, but <laughs> um, that's the first thing I look for. And honestly, it's pretty surreal to see that um, those are our guards. Um, LLS, Fabio Basile, Percy Miller, Mike James. Who is the two guard? I don't know, but. I, that's why we're here. Yeah, I look, I'm telling you, I can't get over this. If Kamari lands is 220 pounds, dude, he came in at 195 is what I just I just referenced it. it That's well, a other, hell of a couple of months, dude. The other thing I is, I mean, dude, what is he, he's been going to, to Mount Fuji twice a day and getting the getting the special over there, man. I don't know. Maybe I mean, the dorm is literally like 10 yards away from the practice facility now. So maybe that dude's been just living in the gym. I don't know. I mean, that's Eating that's those. incredible. Incredible. And, and and then you reference that with Devin Ree, who I know got here late. Uh, but I also believe that his listed uh, recruiting weight was around like 180. I mean, he was extremely thin for a guy that's 6'8". Right. Uh, yeah, 6'8", 185. And now the roster has him listed as losing five pounds. So I, your and guess again, is as good as mine. Now, if Kamari lands and weighs 220 pounds, guys – that's a first-round NBA pick right here, there, dude. Here's, I'm the, here's you. the caveat to all of this for me is that who effing knows? Like, I would love to think that all of this is is Bible, you know. Like, I would love to think that that this is this is 100 factual. But let's be real. I mean, they are. You know, we already pointed out one thing that's already been changed on the roster that the two mm-hmm. JUCO juniors are actually listed as seniors now. Uh, so, you know. There, there will be discrepancies on the roster. I mean, like I'm picturing Rocco Gasparro kind of sitting there with the team and saying, Mike James, how tall are you? <laughs> like, it's, like a, it's like filling out a permission slip or something yes. for the entire class. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and that's what we did. Like, to be totally honest with you, that's what we did in college. Like, I know I was D3. What did you tell them? Completely different. You tell them you were 6'3", 205? No, yeah. And in college, oh, now, I will say in college, that was cool because when I came in, I weighed 115. When I left, I weighed 195. 
So that How was, did you weigh 115 holy pounds? Holy smokes, dude. dude. You were unhealthy. Were you okay? Yeah, I, I ran like 8, 10 miles a day when I started college. Okay. All and right. then I completely stopped running. I can't even run a half mile now. No. And you all struggle to walk was, from the parking lot to Rooster's front door, man. What are you talking yes, about? Yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do too. Some days I struggle to walk back. I'm just kidding. That might be for a different reason, though. Out there. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. He said that. Yeah. But here's the, here's the thing. You talk about running this group. Ethan, I mean, I think as much as we can go up and down this roster and kind of question what everybody is, we're going to find out in due time. But what you have to like is that this roster kind of is what Chris Mack wanted last year's team to be from Mm -hmm. a transition standpoint, right? We heard from day one, Ross is in the building, we're running, we're going. Everybody's able to get that ball, pull down the rebound, transition pass, outlet, we're going, we're getting down the court in three seconds and we're getting a layup. This team is actually going to be that because if they try to get into a half-court offensive set, if, they, if they're not throwing the ball into Sidney Curry, they really don't have a ton else, at least that we can see right now. So you've got to feel good that at least this is going to be a team that'll be fun because they'll play a unique, fun style of get up and down. They're long. This is like an NBA. I know t- our, our buddy Tanner, uh, never stops about the NBA, man. He thinks this is an NBA oh. roster, size, height, lengthwise. But they should be a team that's fun to watch aesthetically in terms of getting up and down, right? I mean, you can you can at least kind of mm-hmm. conclude that. Yeah, I mean, we should be able to. I, I don't know how how it'll look on the scoreboard, but it should be more uh, pleasing to the eye on the court than it has been in the last couple of years where – it just seemed like Mac just was in an identity crisis. He was trying, he was trying to be himself in some ways, and heard the pressure from the fans and saw what was going on on the court. And yeah, the collapse of our team's identity in the last couple of years were was tough to watch for sure. So hopefully, we don't see that again this year. So my my one thing about last year's team identity, and this is kind of something we can transition to just a little bit momentarily. My concern last year, and maybe even the year before, a little bit the style of play that they're wanting to go to, they recruited players that did not fit that style of play, right? So you bring in Ross McMains, he's this basketball guru. They spread the floor. They, he has the European style, the NBA style um, kind of configuration, uh, kind of, you know, setups to his offense. And then you bring in Jared West. Like he, every single player last year played below the rim. And right. in, in that offense, mm-hmm. you have to have guys that can play above the rim. You have to. And yeah. This, this team, year, this year, I, I think it's up in the air. I, I think that we're going to hear a lot about, okay, well, they're going to run and gun. All right. That's great. I, I, I love to hear that, but who are they going to run and who are they going to gun with? Because here's the thing. I mean, you have people pitching Brandon Huntley Hatfield as your three. And I mean, maybe that's <laughs> maybe, I, I mean, like, I'm serious. I was listening to LSL tonight and the, the roster that was, that was thrown out there as the most likely roster, according to Ethan Moore was, L. Ellis, uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, um, Mike James. Yeah, uh, uh, no, Kamari lands at, at the two, uh, Jalen Withers at the three. Yes. And, and that's Sydney not, Curry that's the way that's the goofiest lineup I've heard yet. Yeah. He had, Hun- he had Huntley Hatfield Withers and lands all in, which is great. Cause you got six, eight, six, eight, six, eight right there. Yeah. They're but actually, here's, here's the thinking though. So Huntley Hatfield six ten. excuse yeah, me. Yeah. He's six ten two fifty, And I joked about what guard is going to be six ten two fifty on the last episode that we did on the show mm-hmm. with Jack Grossman. But what he does is very Julius Randall esque. At least that's what we've been yeah. told. Right. His highlights would show you that at Tennessee, they used him as a low post presence. 
who was a rebounder, rim runner, clean up around the basket. But what he wants to be, which you can kind of have maybe a little bit of PTSD, Noah Locke here of a guy wanting to be something that he wasn't at his previous school. He wants to be a guy who can play make. He wants the ball in his hands. He wants to, uh, I, I, I would kind of, uh, from a stylistic standpoint, I would think of it as a mix between Julius Randle and Greg Monroe, because what you're going to see mm. a lot is, him be able to get the ball up the court. He's not going to do so like he's moving, right? He's not going to run a, a an incredible distance super fast. What he's going to do is he's going to be crafty. He's going to be able to get the ball off the floor, uh, find somebody on a nice backdoor cut, be able to set things up and get the offense kind of going. Um, or you dump the ball into him and then he can face up, right? There's so many big men. We've seen it in the past with Louisville, with David Padgett, with other guys like that who can face up and then play make out of the post, right? We've not seen it lately. Stephen Enoch, Malik Williams, even Sidney Curry, those guys are not playmakers mm -hmm. with a ball in their hands. So I can see where the three would be with Brandon Huntley Hatfield, but I, I think more realistically, you're talking about a lineup that's L. Ellis, Mike James, Kamari Lands. Uh, uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield and Sidney Curry. I think that's the most logical starting five, in my opinion. And then from there, you know, you can kind of rotate guys as you need to, um, including the guy that we'll get into. And Ethan, you hop in here with your lineup and kind of what you feel comfortable with. I, you know, Fabio Baselli gives them a, a little bit of something off the bench, but it's L. Ellis, Mike James, and Kamari Lance. Those are the guys that are going to run the show offensively. Huntley Hatfield should be nothing more than a tertiary ball handler. And, and you know, I know Presley, I've been super kind of. I don't want to call it negative, but just questioning a lot of the decisions this offseason. I feel like those three, they're not going to be great, but they have potential. There's a high ceiling for them between Lance, James, and Ellis to really kind of be better than what any of us thought. I don't know. I, I'm a little scarred with guys that are post-up guys that want to be face-up guys. A part, a part of me just says, come on, when are we going to get a guy in here that is a post-up guy and knows that he is and is cool with it? Um I don't know. So we'll see about Brandon Huntley Hatfield. I mean, watching his film, he didn't play a ton at Tennessee. I'm not sure if that's who he can be, like a kind of a face-up playmaker. Um, I mean, he's 6'10". What, what's his weight? 250. I doubt he's 250, 250, dude. The amount of running they've done this offseason, there's no way he's 250. I mean, we'll see. I, I, he still doesn't seem, like, super quick in his – I don't know. We'll see. But no, maybe no I'm doubt. just – you're right. I'm just cynical because of all the guys we've had in here that wanted to be, you know, Kevin Durant, but they're just not. Right. right. Um, There's a long yeah. list of guys that have said that they should be that and have been much more Shaquan Aaron than they are Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, exactly. I mean, look, we've talked about the last few years, Gabe Witznitzer being a good post player. We've seen all these guys come in and not that I'm comparing Brent Huntley Hatfield to Gabe Witznitzer, right. but you right. just, you can say they're one thing and then we'll see once they start, you know, rolling the ball out on the court, what they actually are, you know? So, yeah. so ju just, just for reference, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, Tennessee's roster last year was listed as 6'10", 246. Okay. So he's gained, he's gained four pounds. And, and, and again, this stuff can fluctuate so much. I mean, you got, you're talking about, you know, you got guys that are eating 5,000 calories a day and burning yeah. more than that off. So like in, in reality, the, it's, the weight is not is not everything. It's more the the, the amount of strength. Yeah, I mean you got, yeah. you got guys like Kyle Keurig and Wayne Sutton, you know, playing much larger than their size because because of their lower body strength. But real quick, right. we do have to we do have to get to a break. On the other side, we want to talk Fabio Basili, what it means to Louisville basketball's roster, uh, and and what to look forward with him going forward.
been starting 502 podcast. Once again, Presley Meyer, Jacob State of Louisville, Louisville. Ethan Sprouse, State of Louisville, baby. The the old State school, the OG guys. We're talking back. We're talking back like 2018, 2019. That's right, man. Back in the Way day, baby. Back, back when people thought we were a big, big guy named Louie. That's right. <laughs> that's right. But before before we jump into to Fabio Basili, during the break, Ethan was formulating and trying to to come up with what he feels will be the starting lineup. Ethan, let, let, let's hear what you've got so far. What do your formulas say, Ethan? What are your formulas saying? Have you, have you uh, any calculations going on there? Yeah, after crutching the numbers and consulting the, the texts <laughs> and um, looking into my crystal ball, our starting lineup, I think, is going to look something like LLS, of course, uh, Mike James, Kamari <laughs> Lands, Jalen Withers, and Sidney Curry. Okay. And that's one to five. Yeah, so we're one player off from each other. I think that's going to be a, a fun battle before you yes. come up. Huntley yeah, yeah, with we'll, yeah, and I, I also really like Roosevelt Wheeler. I mean, yeah. obviously Brandon Huntley Hatfield didn't come here to ride the bench, but I really liked some some stuff we saw from him in, in short spots. And, I mean, he's at, what, 240 now, 6'11"? Yeah. And he showed seven, a lot of more like seven skill. feet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's not being talked I mean, about at all either, man. No one's talking he's about not. him. And, and I, I, re- I really like Rose. But I, and Presley, real, real quick, what I was going to say with him was, and I said this to our group earlier, um, I think this is a really important thing when it comes to Roosevelt Wheeler. He can go from being untalked about all offseason to all of a sudden being the breakout player on this team if – Sidney Curry does not figure out how to improve himself as a defensive player. We talked about this with Jack Grossman. We talked about this with uh, Sean Vincell of Hoops Insight that uh, Sidney Curry, numbers-wise, was flat-out bad last year defensively, especially when forced into switching onto a 1-2 in the pick-and-roll, moving his feet in space. If he cannot improve that and become some sort of paint presence – you're talking about Rose Wheeler all of a sudden having a real opportunity because what he is at the minimum is a shot blocker, you know? And if Sydney's giving you offense, but he can't cover anybody defensively, Roosevelt Wheeler becomes a, a lot more of an attractive option. Mm-hmm. It's seven feet tall, 245 pounds or whatever it is. So two things really kind of here, Rose Wheeler, number one, absolutely could be a guy who competes for starting time on this team because I feel like he's a blank canvas and Kenny Payne just sees all kinds of shapes and colors, baby. He's ready. He's ready to paint that canvas. I know that sounds corny, but like, I'm like, that's, that is, you're seeing closer to a finished product with Sidney Curry than you are with Roosevelt Wheeler. Uh, The other thing, additionally with that, Sidney Curry, I still have a lot of faith in Sidney Curry at the four. I think you could you could resolve some bad matchups in, in ACC play down low if you play Sidney Curry and Roosevelt Wheeler together. Mm. Because Sidney Curry is a guy who can put the ball on the floor just a little bit, nothing crazy, but Shane Bahannon wasn't a guy that was driving in the lane. Montrez yep. wasn't a guy that was handling the ball. At least we didn't want him to. I think that he wanted to a little bit. But, I mean, like you're looking at, you know, great uh, bigger fours have traditionally been pretty successful at, at Louisville. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, this is a this is a new dawn, this is a new day, uh, Michael Bublé style. You are you're looking at an offense and a defense where I think that that you could try to configure Sidney Curry as a four as well, because I think you can also slide Brandon Huntley Hatfield into the five. 
And again, sure. you know, we talk positionless basketball. You know, I heard we we heard that big speech from uh, Shannon Shannon Sharp had some long Scoop. speech about Scoop. yeah yeah there's Scoop. some, there's Scoop. some Scoop. speech Scoop. yeah about how how the one one two three four five is just made up for stupid people to understand basketball. That's yeah. not true, bro. Like I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that, that's not true. <laughs> like good that's a legit though. thing. Uh, now in the modern NBA, I get it, but that's when you have freaking Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. That we're not talking like a college team just trying to make the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah. And the rules are different too. In college, they still kind of restrict you to the more modern or to the more old school um, basketball rules than, than the NBA. I mean, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you, you cannot spread the floor in the same way in college as you can and can the NBA. And that's why I hate people talking Kenny Payne uh, and, and even going back to Ross McMaines and, 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 you know, I mean, anytime at, at, at Louisville about people playing a pro style um, anything and I mean, because it's just it just does not translate in college basketball from from in the NBA like it does in college football from the NFL it's not it's not a you know a one-to-one comparison all this is to say that there, there are a lot of options down low and I think you could see some some lineups like you could see a Brandon Huntley Hatfield with Withers I think that's very possible at the or at Curry the I mean you could see all three could, of them on the floor at the same yes, time exactly Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's, I mean, hell, you could go quote unquote smaller and have Kamari Lands at the four. Right. So like there, there are a lot of different ways you can go. I know Kamari Lands says he's a one through three, but look, his weakness in all of his scouting reports is, is that he doesn't have the handles of a guard. You know, Donovan Mitchell's weakness coming out of high school was that he couldn't shoot. So like there, there are plenty of, of ways that you can improve your game. And I'm not saying that, that, you know, they're restricted to one thing or the other. But we should definitely think about the way that these lineups are working more than just the tradi- you know, just the traditional thought process of who's coming back and who fits where. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different scenarios that you could that you could play out. Uh, ultimately, the the one thing that I really want to get into though, uh, the big storyline over the last couple months, which is kind of crazy to think about, is, is mm-hmm. Fabio Basili uh, finally signing with Lola Basketball. We you know the last couple times that Jacob and I have been on here. We've been talking about what ifs with Fabio Basili, but he's finally a Cardinal. He's still posting, you know, almost every night that he's in the gym, 10, 30, 11, midnight. He's on campus. He's ready to go. Uh, comes in listed at six foot four, 175 pounds, I believe. That's small. That's uh, for, for that height. That's uh, that's not a lot. How tall are you, Ethan? Six, six two. You're six two. Uh, everybody, yep. everybody who's over six feet is like six five to me. So that's how much I weigh, by the way. I was one seventy five. You wear you weigh one seventy five. Okay, so yeah. that's that's not good news because you're pretty. Uh, you know, you you don't got a lot of weight on you quite yet. Give it a couple. Yep. Yeah. Give it a couple years. Um, but <laughs> he's no, still but working got, on his body. That's what I'm hearing. He's got a strength and conditioning coach. All right, he's Jack, walking up it. and. Especially when they're talking about my body when I'm working on my body or whatever. Yep. It is. Oh, I know. I got, I got you. I was checking with you. Okay. Checking with you. And anyways, Ethan, I want to hear your thoughts on Fabio. Uh, I don't think that in, in the history of Louisville basketball that we've talked about uh, a an unrated slash quote unquote three star player uh, like like we've talked about this guy. But I mean, when you ask for my feedback, I say it's 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 not nothing. I don't know if it's something, but it's not nothing. What's your what's your ultimate feedback after this whole all these shenanigans going on in the offseason yeah I think that's a pretty pretty apt statement yeah that's pretty that's pretty good um yeah it's not nothing but it's I don't know if it's something yeah 
I mean, I think we need to chill out a little bit. Um, a lot of us do. He's, I think it's unfair to him. And it's also just irrational to think that he's going to come in here and just be a stud. Now, I'm not saying that's not, like, that's impossible. I mean, weird things happen in sports, but we should not expect that. I know we would, we kind of need that if we want to be a, have a memorable season for good reasons. But, um, I mean, let's be honest here. This guy was going to go back to high school, and typically it's not for the greatest – I mean, it's never for a good reason to go back. Um, typically it's when guys don't like their offers. Things. I mean, I, I don't want to be mean or anything, but, like, that's – it is yeah. what it is. Or they pursue, like, a prep school route where they get that extended year to kind of get things figured out. You're, you're definitely not wrong. That's and, true. That's fair. That's fair. He, and he's also – He's a high schooler that I don't know what the rules are in the state of Florida or the city of Orlando, but think about Jefferson County that some of these kids got the option to come back for an extra year because of COVID and, you know, COVID year, high school. right. Yeah. That sounds odd. Who would willingly, I would not willingly for money, go back to high school for a COVID year. No doubt. You could not pay me twice <laughs> my salary to go back to high school. You couldn't do it. You no. wouldn't do like a 21 jump street. No, no, not if I actually had to do the work. Hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I feel fun. like if I went back to high school, I could go to Yale or Harvard, like straight almost, up. If I took my knowledge back, but no, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I'd get bullied. You kidding me? <laughs> you like, seen his shoes, you Ethan? You see what he puts on his feet? He would get bullied into a lot. We haven't hung out, and it's been too long since we've hung out. We it need is. to go to full tags. No, um, kidding, but he's going to have some dad jeans on with a little bit of bag at the bottom of them and some, some <laughs> shoes, you know? So, you know, is he really – You got to get – you need the kind of – Straight you need left. A slim straight. Little, no boot cut. Papered. Dude, look, I knew Chris Mack wasn't going to work out when he walked out in boot cut jeans. Bro, to that was year one. Oh, my God. That's when I knew it was over for him, dude. Can't go tried, boot cut. Man. You can't go boot cut jeans. Never a that good idea tough. to go boot cut jeans. Have you guys seen See? the picture that's going around of, of Steve Carell um, from, yes, crazy, from Crazy Stupid Love? Which, by the yeah. way, is an amazing movie. Have you never seen that movie? Top notch. That's a great movie. Uh, um, but there's this, there's the the pit for people that, that don't know. There's this like Ethan. Steve, yeah. Steve Carell is just this big dorky dad uh, in this movie, and he meets uh, Ryan Gosling's character, who's like you know doing doing six pack or doing six packs. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a he's got a six pack, and he takes a different girl home every night, and he has like these you know Gucci suits and whatever else, and he yeah. teaches Steve Carell with his baggy dad jeans and his his Velcro wallet and his, yeah, uh, that's you. For sure. I saw it, I saw it on Twitter today. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's, you. That's, that's me and Ethan. 100%. <laughs> Ethan's like wearing, he's, he's, looking he's swagged out with the slim fit shirt, yeah, the jet, yeah. you know, Jack chest. And here's Presley with a little man boob action, a little bald he's, spot. He's, he's got his, uh, yeah. Ethan's got like his, his, uh, hair, you know, done for the podcast. Nobody's ever going to see his face. And I'm like over here, like in, in, uh, sweatpants, drinking bourbon like a dork um but but no i mean kind of getting back into the fabio thing i mean look i just looked up <laughs> I, i'm just just sitting here wanting to kind of just give some sort of comparison right this is a guy right. uh if you, like think about hersey miller for instance he's a walk-on that we don't know how much he's going to contribute but god i hope it's not a lot 
I mean, I'm, but you I'm, don't know though. You don't know. That's why people yeah. want to crap on the fact that he's a walk-on from Tennessee State. Don't forget. Let me just real quick. Sorry, I, this is your show. But he went to Tennessee State with an NIL deal where he made two point five million dollars. He made it a big deal that the HBCU community yeah. and those colleges were a part of that. And he's still to lift that up. Still, by the way, making five hundred thousand a year. Like that's that wasn't exclusive to that school. You Jeez. know, that's, he's probably that's, making more than any player on Louisville's roster. Right, one hundred percent. San Sidney Curry. Okay, I but mean, there's he, that. He, right, he got hurt. He was a three star recruit. He had, I think you laid this. You wrote the article. You, I mean, you could mm-hmm. uh, spit this out verbatim. But he had offers. He went that route. He got hurt. The only reason why he went to Xavier as a walk on was so that he could continue to work out. The training staff at Tennessee State was what you would expect from a very low level mid major college. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Xavier and then he ended up at Louisville. We could write him off and it's fair because he's a walk on. But don't forget, this is a program. I, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm not comparing him to any of these guys. Tim Henderson made it one of the biggest shots in Louisville basketball history, walk on, right? Uh, David Levitch mm-hmm. played meaningful minutes for years under Rick Patino. I'm not saying that that's a good thing a lot of the time, but you have no idea what Hersey Miller can be because of the fact that his college career doesn't have the context that you need to provide to it when you're talking about him being added to the roster. I digress. Lean in. You have no idea how high I can fly. Yeah, Uh, that's right. USC, Missouri, and LSU, all legitimate offers. Okay, that's enough for me to say he's a player. That's, well, he, I mean, look, is he ranked higher than Fabio Basile when he was uh, coming out? Technically, he was technically he wasn't rated. So uh, okay. again, well, Fabio Basile is like two ninety three, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are there are success stories. There are very few, but there are success stories of guys that were not highly sought after. Uh, Dwayne Sutton comes to mind. Obviously, Kyle Kurek comes to mind. Uh, Russ Smith is obviously the best example, but to even compare anyone to Russ Smith is Mango Mathiang was not rated, Mango was a Mathiang. flyer. Right. But I mean, Hersey Miller, look, it's a guy, his dad played in the NBA. His dad is a is a rat mogul. Yeah, he tried to play. He played summer league. Let's be careful calling it played in the NBA. He tried okay. out for the Charlotte Hornets back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. No, he, or the Bobcats, was, maybe. He had some sort of roster spot for the Kings. I know that. I know he played for the Kings at, at some point, but I mean, but look, his brother. Okay. Yeah. And his brother played at USC. If you remember, he was, you know, a walk on there. Mm -hmm. Romeo Miller went from dropping, you know, dropping hits to dropping dimes on the basketball court. And now you've got Hersey and Mercy and Percy and who knows what can happen. Yeah. And Quercy and McNursey, all of them. (laughs) Do you see why this dude looks like what we described him as with jokes like that, dude? Yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, Percy is considered a, a very highly regarded recruit. No, it's no. Mercy, I think. No, no, it's 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 per- Percy. Percy it's per- was Romeo. Romeo Isn't that was Master Percy. P. Yeah, well, yes, but his, well, hold on, we need to get this figured out. Some, some people do that, you know. Name it, name it okay, that's true. I yeah, think yeah, Percy was a Percy Miller Jr. That's because he wasn't Romeo. He didn't go by Ro- that was his rap name when he played yeah, for man. USC. I'm pretty sure his name was Percy Miller. Or maybe it was Romeo Miller, actually, now that I think about I it. Think I think it was know. Romeo. I think it was Romeo Miller. So maybe he is – maybe, but the younger brother who is a top 25 player in the 24 class, I think, is Mercy Miller. Mercy Miller. You're right. It's Mercy Miller. Good Lord. There's so many sons in that family I mean, that I can't keep up. Look, Master P is doing a lot for the community. 502 Circle, you know, Chef's Kiss, everything that's going on. But yeah. Don't do this to your kids. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, there there are some, which again, like, I think it's like Cambodia. Like there are some countries where they name their sons all the same name. Like yeah. I, I uh, graduated high school 
with a kid named, I think it was Edwin. And I think he had seven brothers named Edwin. Like, <laughs> oh my like, gosh, man. Yeah, I, I, maybe it was Edward, something yeah. like that. In, I, I digest. Yeah. You died. Yeah. You digest. You die. <laughs> yes. I digest. Yeah. But anyways, I keep cutting you off, but I, I feel like the hurt, the mercy, Hersey, the Hersey Miller thing is it's very easy to write him off, but at the yes. same time, like he's going to have to play. He's going to play. He's going to be yes. Jay Henderson at worst. Okay. That's at worst. He's Jay Henderson. Okay. I but, hope he's Jay Henderson. Right. We'll be good. That'd be awesome. Right. All but right. that what. So, so here's here's my question because look everybody's done analysis on this guy and let's let's be real nobody knows jack shit about mercy hersey miller excuse look you got me all messed up nobody knows anything about hersey miller and nobody knows anything about fabio basili and we can look at the tape and we have like we <laughs> we did we the state of louisville.com state of louisville yeah state of louisville.com in case you didn't hear that the first three times state of louisville.com we have broken down in multiple articles what we think could happen from a non-professional perspective, I know Alan Alan Thomas does a little, you know, middle school, high school basketball coaching. Played ball back in his day. Jacob, qualified. You got, some, you got some AAU experience. I got kicked out of Southeast Christian Church League three times. So <laughs> they, that's actually a true story. We'll go into that later some other day. I, I think we probably all, Ethan, you played in that league, didn't you? We all I were Southeast indeed. Christian ballers mm-hmm. at one point, man. I did indeed. We were. I don't know if you all played as kids, but you got the trophy that was literally you, like yeah. the picture of you on yeah. the stand. Yeah. I, I did play. upward. Yeah. Did y'all do upward? No, yeah, I never upward did upward. Basketball. No, yeah, I did, no. I did upward. No, wait. Jacob played AAU, okay? Yeah. I play, let me tell you, I played against Cody Zeller one time. That's my basketball highlight. You played against good. Did did he block your three point shot? I, I no. I shouldn't say play. I didn't play. I watched. I didn't get. <laughs> I didn't get in that game. I didn't get in that game. Thank you. Yeah. He's we like, played. Why did you give me the breakaway pants if I can't even break them away? Like, <laughs> un- unbelievable. But e- Ethan, what I was going to get to was we don't really know much about these players, but what I find fascinating that people always get into, and I like playing this little game a little bit. Does anybody come to your mind? Uh, right away for comparisons what what even if it's just one part of his game it doesn't have to be a, a complete game but what what is a facet of of uh Fabio Basili's game that you feel like relates to another former Louisville player or another player that maybe Louisville fans would would be familiar with and that's kind of putting you on the spot a little bit that is uh I mean he seems like a good passer so yeah. you know It'd be nice if he had if he channeled a little Kristen Cunningham or something to to use a recent okay. uh, example. Even though he's much taller than Kristen Cunningham, yes. But like you said, one facet, uh, right. one facet of his game. Um, by the way, with the passing stuff, that little cutesy one arm pass stuff. Don't don't get too carried away with that stuff. He's not nah. going to do that. No. Kenny, he won't, he's Kenny's not going to let him play if he's doing that. See, I, exactly, I, I, and that's going to get stolen. I disagree. Taken to the house. So if you watch, and this, this is going to sound corny, but NBA players, which I know they're not professionals, I get it. NBA right. players practice that pass all the time. Like if you watch, uh, which that's true. If if you watch, for instance, um, uh, what, what's the what's the what's the guy that's on two K that played for for U of L? That's the Chris team. Brickley. Chris Brickley. Chris I mean, Brickley. I I'm going to forget my own name by the time I'm forty. One hundred percent. Chris Brickley. If you watch his drills, if you watch stuff that he posts. Like his number one drill that that he his number one passing drill that he practices uh, or has guys run through is kind of that drive into the elbow and pass back pass back over their yeah. head. That's one hundred percent a drill that they work on, and that's that's Fabio's 
that's that's the the aspect of Fabio's game that reminds me of David Johnson because of his ability to see the court. Uh, he has this this innate ability to throw these okay. passes that you know there are a lot of those David Johnson passes where I just always used to think like there are maybe a half dozen guys in the country right now that can make that pass. Um, the guy from Wake Forest last year um, that was that was unbelievable. I cannot think of his Alondis Williams. Thank you, Alondis Williams. I mean, dude, he was a hooper. Yeah, yeah he Alondis was. Williams was a baller last year, and that's that's kind of like again one very small aspect of his game, but like that is a lot of of what he's going to bring to the table. I don't think he's a guy that's like a pure scorer. I don't think he's a guy that's going to welcome contact and get to the free throw line a lot. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be just like raining threes all the time, even though he you know hits at a decent percentage. Uh, in AAU and high school ball. David Johnson, as far as impact, I'm going to go with another David, David Levich. I think that that's ultimately, I think if, if you're a fan out there, if you're looking at Fabio Basili uh, in the 2020, 2022nd year of our Lord, uh, Fabio Basili, you should be expecting a David Levich-esque impact. And if you remember David Levich's junior and senior year, I believe he was actually on scholarship for years. Like he was a guy that was a walk-on, but he was, I mean, he was legit when he got in. He didn't turn the ball over very much. 6'3", 180, so it tracks size height-wise. Yeah, I, I think I think that size-wise, David Levitch is a great comparison for Fabio Basile. Uh, obviously, a little bit le- less athletic, but, I mean, David Levitch had much tighter handles that, than Fabio Basile, and that's what my one qualm with him. If I had to pick yeah. one thing, it's not that he has a slower shot, which a lot of people have pointed out, and that's something that's correctable. Um, it's not that he's too skinny or anything like that. He's got to tighten up his handles. If he dribbles in college like he does in high school, he he won't see the floor. I promise you, because yeah. he, his hand he is so he plays the game relaxed. But there there have been players for Louisville and and otherwise at the college level that have played relaxed that still were under control. Who that still you know did not you know just just from the naked unprofessional eye. He, that is one thing that he has to tighten up if he's going to be the primary backup for L. Ellis. When you guys look at his game, what, what's a what's something that's kind of sticks out to you is like that's something he's he's got to tighten up. He's got to shore it up before uh, he's going to see any playing time for Kenny Payne. I, I don't see a scenario how he steps foot on a floor for the first month of a season without being pressed into action because of foul trouble or whatever, because he's 175 pounds. I mean, it's going to be, I don't mm-hmm. know if you all saw the video uh, over the weekend that went viral with LeBron James, just absolutely destroying Chet Holmgren in that pro-am. <laughs> and now Chet Holmgren has a, has a, you know, a, a torn off foot and probably will never be the same when guys have, uh, you know, bodies like that, that aren't built for the game one, they're going to get pushed around. And when you're talking about a team that's got the length that Louisville does, the ability to kind of get up and, and pressure because of the athleticism, things like that. Fabio uh, could be that, but he's just very slim and slender. He's missed the entire off season coming in this late. Um, so he's got a lot of catch up to do from that. And that for me is the biggest thing because defensively and even offensively trying to get around, you know, people off, off the dribble, if, if you're not blowing past dudes, which I think he's got nice moves, but he's not, you know, lightning quick, you got to be able to have some strength to use a little bit of that thickness, some of that man meat to be able to get your way and get into the paint. Um, as somebody who is very undersized, but very over thick, I found a way of being able to not necessarily get around players because I was faster, but because of the fact that my ass was going to keep you uh, from getting around to block my shot for at least a, a long enough time for me to get the shot off. So for Fabio, 
Um, if he's not blowing people off the ball, he's going to get pushed around and defensively, he's going to be a liability. So I, I just don't know how much he plays. However, there's no one else. I mean, you, you we talked about the guys at the beginning of the show. Hersey Miller is going to play. Kamari Lands, Mike James. Devin Rhea is another guy whose body type is just not ready to go. But these guys are going to be pressed into action. And if they can just give you eight to ten minutes of solid play to relieve some of your big-name guys, um, I think that that's a win. And, and in those minutes, that's when Kenny can hopefully work his magic. And Nolan and these guys that are talent developers can work their magic. And you can see these guys kind of over-exceed what we thought they would be. What about you, Big E? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point. You bring up Devin Reed, and I was I was just about to bring him up. I mean, he's not he's a top 100 recruit, four star, and we don't expect him to contribute. No, because we know we don't we don't think he's ready, and I and I think that's that's right. I mean, he needs to put on muscle. He's he's gonna it's gonna be a, another year until he's contributing. And I mean, Fabio, we've already been through all the, all the things about him being you know unranked three star and was going to go back to high school. Uh, and, yeah, everything you said, Jacob, totally agree. I mean, he's he's skinny. He's got skinny legs. Uh, it's going to be t- – I mean, we play against Duke, UNC, Arkansas. That's going to be – yeah. I don't even want to think about that one. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really soon, too. Uh, UK, I mean, Florida State. Even Western, I mean, dude. I mean, I know Western is – uh, a mid-major, but you're talking about they bring in right. four or five transfers who are coming from Power Five schools. I mean, they, they're a right. team that's dangerous. Yeah, and who? So who is going to defend those guards? That, yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm worried about when it comes to Fabio's game and stuff that he needs to um, kind of work on, tighten up. Um, yeah, I'm worried about his quickness and and similar to Presley, tightening up those handles. He he's not super quick. Yeah, uh, he he can pass it. He's got a decent shot. It's a little slow, but um, it's good though. I mean, he made 36, 37% of his shots in, in the division that he played in last year. Right. I, I don't like his, uh, his crossover. I think he needs to work on that. It, it just looks a little slow and a little erratic. Like he's about to lose the ball every time he's crossing it over. Just, yeah, there's just some things he needs to tighten up. He, he's got some, definitely has some, some intangibles, like a good basketball IQ sees the, Sees the court well. I saw him doing behind the back stuff, yeah. which again, that's not going to fly with KP or in the ACC. But if, I mean, go ahead. If he can just, you know, his game. What 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 you like is he's exciting, he's flashy. Mm-hmm. But if he can kind of translate that and and uh, kind of uh, bring that energy in a way where he's smart with the ball, he takes care of it. Um, you know, he he can still kind of be himself and run and and be exciting but he plays within that offensive style and is able to take care of the ball then you're really talking about a steal like I don't think it's out of the question that this kid could end up being a four-year player here who by the time he's done is a really solid starter or you know depth piece but what I think more likely is the case is that he's a guy that is going to play spot minutes can can do some fun things we're going to have some flashy highlights of him like I guarantee you at the end of the year he's going to have a top five, top 10 play of the season where he's done something like a dunk or a pass. And he's got familiarity with Mike James. I don't think that that hurts here, a guy who's going to be, you know, a big part of the lineup. So I don't think it's all bad. But when you're talking about the standard of kids at Louisville, um, I think that he is a guy that the, the staff can take a chance on. You trust it, but we can't, this can't be the norm recruiting wise. Uh, guys coming in like this who, you know, like I said, I, I said all offseason, this team could have been a competitive ACC team had they landed Tyrese Hunter, had they landed some of these, you know, uh, pieces. 
Um, and for now, it's just develop, 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 develop. And you hope that he can catch that development bug and become a big piece uh, in a few years and, and just be serviceable year one. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, to, to kind of wrap this up, I don't want I don't want to take away from anything that Fabio could bring to the table because I don't want to come across as a hater. I don't want to come across right. as a Debbie Downer. The reality of the situation is not around Fabio Basili himself. It's around the, the management of the offseason and of the roster. I mean, to, to be very, very frank with you, and, and, you know, we don't know the inner workings. We don't know what's going to come down from, from the NCAA or the, you know, IARP or whatever it is. Like, and they may know. They may sense something coming down the line. That could be why Louisville shot at shot with a lot of big-time guards and, and swung and missed uh, in, in the offseason. And also why they would hang on to four scholarships yes. when they have those. Yeah, so they, there's there are three scholarships open right now, and Louisville is, is choosing not to spend them. Unless, uh, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday night and less than the next le- less than 48 hours, they sign somebody else. This is what you're looking at. This is the roster for the season. Uh, yeah. and, and so what really, really kind of concerns me and kind of irks me a little bit. And, and, you know, it's not to be a hater towards pain or the staff or anybody associated with with the program. It's just I would like to have an answer about this. Louisville had to, had to bring in Fabio Basili out of necessity because. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Noah Locke, who's coming back for another year at Providence, and they got rid of Dre and Tay Davis, who went to Seton Hall. And yeah. those are guys that you really could have used this year. Like, those are guys that you would not be having this guard conversation if you have Dre and Tay Davis and Noah Locke. Like, they might not be great. People might be poo-pooing them or down on them or whatever, but it's not like they were. They had attitude problems. You know, uh, at least Dre and, and, and Noah, we know for sure that they had that it factor. They had – those those leadership abilities they weren't a problem off the court they might not have fit mm-hmm. in Kenny Payne's system but you needed them for one more year and you don't have them they from all intents for all intents and purposes they you know were pretty much you know there were guys that were asked to come back and there guys that weren't and they weren't part of that group and maybe you know if Kenny Payne comes out and talks about it a year down the road or whatever maybe we're wrong maybe I'm an idiot maybe I'm an asshole whatever but right now, I look at this roster and I say, you could use Nolak, you could use Dre Davis, you could use Tay Davis. Instead, you end up with Fabio Basili, which could be great in two to three mm-hmm. years. Could but, be a good trade-off. Yeah, but the reality of the situation is right now, it freaking sucks. Right now, you're looking at yep. NIT, Kenny Payne might be, you know, if they make the tournament, Kenny Payne's coach of the year. I don't care what anybody says. Right. This roster, yep. everything, all the turmoil around the program, if they make the tournament, he's the ACC coach of the year, 100%. Before we get out of here, in one minute or less, uh, and I'll go first. What, 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 who's a guy that you're looking forward to after everything that you've been hearing over the last couple of months, a guy that you're looking forward to on, on this roster, this might be a cop out. It might, might be an easy answer. Um, but I'm going to go with Kamari lands. Damn it. Stop stealing my answers. Listen, that was me too. I know, I'm sorry. I'm being the guy in my fantasy draft last night that took the guy in my queue every single effing time. I like had a guy queued up. I go start working on dinner. I come back and I get that little noise. The guy right in front of me took, took my player. So I'm sorry. Kamari lands. That's my guy. Look, this is a guy, Jacob, as you alluded to, he could be a one and done type of player. Louisville's never had a one and done. Never had a one and done. Never had a guy that, that came in highly regarded, highly recruited. Kamari lands could be that guy, which would be ironic as hell because he was a Chris Mack recruit that we held on to. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's it's the same way as like, Satterfield. <laughs> Uh, with all the guys that he sent to the NFL after Bobby left, right? Yeah. But the same type of thing. Like, that's why Tyler, Tyler Harrell's at Alabama is because of Bobby Petrino. Anyways, that's a different rabbit hole to get down a different day. Uh, but Kamari Lance, <laughs> I'm excited because, look, he's listed as a forward, but 6'8", 220. And, look, I mean, 
220 is not like when no none of us have been like oh, I don't believe that like yeah he probably is 220 pounds he's he he is a well built young man I mean he's I, a meaty man I enjoy yeah. myself a nice meaty man oh uh, but yeah yeah how about that, that. that <laughs> um, but no no Jacob that's, who, that's certainly news who, no, who are you looking who are you look looking? it was Kamari Lance because I'm gonna I'm gonna claim ownership of this and everybody's gonna get tired of me if he isn't one and done because the guy totally has got the build the ability to have the ball in his hands this year but since you stole him and you've you've uh, required me to look elsewhere I've examined the roster from top to bottom and it's Mike James for me because um, while we don't know necessarily know what he sorry ethan i mean you'll just have to okay. figure out one more answer um uh but uh uh, uh i think he's a guy who we, we we know was a top 100 top 75 player chris mack raved about him this staff raved about him he's an athlete he's a freak athlete he is coming off of an achilles tear which typically takes about two years to get healthy from but um he's a guy who can who can definitely get on transition and if he's got any form of outside shot he is another guy who at six five six six I mean, I know that most guards these days, you think of them in like an L Ellis and then like a Jordan Clarkson, right? A guy that's like a 6'2", 6'3". But what Mike James is, is like a Vince Carter. He's a throwback two guard, a six foot five, six foot six guy who can do, you know, I don't know if he, obviously he's not Vince Carter, but my, my point being, he's a bigger guy. Maybe he can provide a little bit of a change up in, in terms of the traditional ball handling guard that we think of. He's my answer. I think he could have a big, big red shirt freshman year. That's great. I mean, that's what I was going to pick, but with that being said, I'm going to go L. Ellis. Um, it, and that's the best answer, honestly. Really I don't is. think – It really is. Yeah, I don't think it's being talked enough about how – I mean, we're talking about, you know, Fabio. We're talking about Brandon Huntley Hatfield. We're talking all sorts of angles. But the fact that L. Ellis, who was streaky last year, love L, great, great guy, great player, but, I mean – We'd see him drop like 23 one night and then we'd no show the next night. I mean, this is our this is our quarterback of our basketball team right now. This is the quarterback on the floor. And I mean, the offense is gonna run through L. He's he is our point guard. And we need this what he averaged last year, like eight, eight point six points or something, and right, I think like one assist, mm-hmm. maybe like one and a half assists a game. We need L to make a massive leap if this team is going to be anything. He, he's got to be first team all ACC if this team is going to have any shot of being a tournament team. Yeah. He needs to have one of the greatest jumps that we have ever seen at Louisville. I'm not, I mean, that's not hyperbole. No, you're, we, you're we right. Need, you're right. And, it's a, no, uh, you need a, and I hate to keep doing this to you, but it's a Jordan yeah. Wara jump. You need the Jordan Wara jump from that freshman year to that sophomore year, where he was the yeah. most improved player of the year in the ACC. And Louisville was a what, right top, you know, twenty team through good portion of that season. Right. I hopefully I said one of the greatest. That, that's what I meant to say. But anyway, no, sure. no, you did, you did, you did. You're good. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. But yeah, I mean, we are relying on L to for a lot here. Because, for one, he's our only really true point guard that can actually play. And, I mean, that's it. We don't have anyone else. And if he gets in foul trouble, if he gets hurt, uh, I shudder to think. Aiden McCool is going to be out there. <laughs> right. right. And no, I mean, no disrespect to Aiden. But, there's, yeah. So, the two things that come to mind. L. Ellis, number one, most important player on this team this coming year. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close. Like, the, the closest second is, like, so far down. Like I can't keep even him in a bubble. Yeah. Like he's the most important player on this team. And number two, the hope has to be 
that everything that L and the coaching staff are saying that he was playing out of position last year is 100% true. If that's the case, if he's really a true point guard, he can dish out, he can have games where he dishes out six to eight assists a game. Like, and I, I'm not saying overall as a season, but if, if he's capable of that, and we, we, we saw that he has the scoring ability, but if he's able to quote unquote stir the drink, we haven't said that yet. If he's able to stir the drink for this team, then Louisville can potentially uh, re- reach its ceiling, which is, I mean, we have to hope for the ceiling this year or else we're going to be sitting in misery as we started this podcast talking about. Guys, we got to do this again soon. Uh, Ethan Sprouse, thank you so much for hopping on. Jacob Blaine, I'll talk to you in like five minutes. Uh, go Cards, go Kroger, let's get out of here. new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.